Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. Week one of the high school football season is in the books. We are off and running on a new high school sports season. Today on the WSN podcast, we're going to take a look back at week one of the football season. There were certainly some interesting storylines, some intriguing results. Three state champions went down. There was a lot of really close, outstanding games between excellent football teams. We'll talk about those, get some reaction from week one. Before we do that, though, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Are you looking for an athletic advantage for your athlete or team? B3 Sciences is the answer. Originally limited to only Olympic caliber athletes, it is now available to anyone. Increase vertical leap, quickness, speed, and strength through a more effective, efficient, and safer way to get a deeper level of fatigue and more muscle fiber recruitment than many modern workouts. Visit drken.b3sciences.com and take a 30-day no-risk test drive. Technology trusted by the Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago Cubs, LA Clippers, USA Powerlifting Team, Kansas City Chiefs, and many more. Thank you to Dr. Ken and B3 Sciences for sponsoring the WSN podcast. And a little bit later in the uh, episode today, we're going to have a conversation with Dr. Ken to get some more insight on B3 Sciences, how it can benefit young athletes. So looking forward to that conversation a little bit later coming up uh, as we move into week two of the high school football season. Things will fly from here. But again, before we do that, let's look back. Let's take a look back at week one of the high school football season. First and foremost, we were thrilled to be able to launch and get off the ground our Thursday night throwdown broadcast carried live for free on the WSN YouTube channel last Thursday. Big shout out to all of our team involved in that project, including the great people at My People Creative, the, uh, the production group that we work with. Liz Rudolph, our sales executive, for helping get this going, and uh, the schools and, uh, and coaches and teams as well. It was an outstanding broadcast. Bob Brainerd, Dan Brunner, outstanding on the call, phenomenal. And it was a great game to open the season. Hopefully every one of our Thursday night throwdown broadcasts goes as well as this one did and as competitive as this one was. Middleton went on the road, made a statement victory, did the Cardinals 35 to 29 over Bayport? Mar- uh, Bryce Falk from Middleton was the jolly good player of the game. Scored four touchdowns on the ground. Middleton uh, pretty well controlled this thing, especially in the second half. Bayport scored late to make it a one-score game, but then could not corral a onside kick attempt. So Middleton held on for a 35-29 win. For many years, we had wondered about the strength of the Big 8 Conference. They, for so long, played a closed schedule. They did not play non-conference games. They did not get opportunities to go out and challenge themselves in non-league play against top opponents around the state. They had not fared very well in the playoffs, had teams from the Big 8 Conference, uh, outside of uh, a couple runs by Sun Prairie to the state championship game. So there was always a little bit of a question about just how good the Big 8 Conference was. This was a statement win by Middleton. 
It was a statement win for the Cardinals in terms of where they stand among the top teams in the state. They are in that conversation for sure. They have a loaded, talented, experienced roster. And it was a very, very good win for the Big 8 Conference. Speaking of the Big 8 Conference, almost got another signature win on Friday. Verona battled Muskego. It was close. It was tied late in the game. As time expired, Muskego's Gabe Walden drilled a 43-yard field goal to give Muskego a win, 38-35. What a game that one was. Again, coming right down to the end. Excellent showing by Verona, but Muskego, too much in that one as they got a 38-35 victory. Elsewhere, Arrowhead had a nice win for the Classic 8 as well. They beat Marquette 21-14, held off uh, a late drive by Marquette that would have potentially uh, tied or maybe put the, the Hilltoppers ahead, but Arrowhead got the job done. Nick Sinelli, 126 yards and a touchdown on the ground. It was part of a great showing, not surprisingly, by the Classic 8 Conference. Those teams went 8-0 in non-conference play, looking like the dominant team in the state. There was uh, a number of impressive performances. McGuanago got a nice win to open the season. Um, mentioned Muskego. Mentioned uh, the Arrowhead victory as well. But uh, the entire league looked good in week one. So gonna be gonna be interesting once again. And by the way, Waukesha West went on the road and beat what we thought would be a, a pretty decent Hartford team, 42 to 14. So again, just another feather in the cap, another excellent victory for the Classic 8 Conference. Other games that were very, very close. The quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week lived up to the billing. <laughs> week one, there's just something about week one in uh, the, the game of the week. Last year, uh, a great game between Franklin and Catholic Memorial a couple years ago. A tremendous, tremendous game that Franklin played in. They, they're kind of uh, in that uh, uh, traditional game. I mean, they're the, the Detroit Lions Thanksgiving of week one of the Dairy, uh, Wisconsin Dairy and Quick Trip Game of the Week. A couple years ago, Miles uh, Burkett hooked up for a game-winning touchdown, essentially at as time expired, uh, to beat Fond du Lac. So, or excuse me, Appleton North. So they've played some great games, and this year, Franklin got past Catholic Memorial, 31-24. They held Catholic Memorial in check offensively on the ground, anyways. Corey Smith had less than 10 rushing yards in the game as they really keyed up on him. MJ Mitchell was very good for Catholic Memorial throwing the football, but Franklin too much. Very experienced team and uh, got some guys back that had, had missed some time last year. And an impressive win for Franklin, 31-24 in the quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week. How about West Salem and Onalaska meeting for the third time in almost exactly 12 months it was another great game. Last year in week one, it was an instant classic. On Alaska, got a one-point victory later in the season. In fact, state semifinals, a trip to Madison on the line. West Salem rallied and uh, got revenge in that one. Open the season. The teams come out, play a great game. Game goes into overtime. On Alaska got the first, uh, or excuse me, West Salem scored first. They had the ball first and scored first. 
Onalaska drives inside the 10-yard line, but Tamarian Henderson, an outstanding basketball player who did not play football last year, intercepted a pass in the end zone. It was his second interception for the Panthers. And West Salem holds on for a 35-28 victory. Very impressive win for West Salem. And how about three, three state champions going down in week one of the high school football season? One of them, Kimberly, uh, one defending state champion did not play, the Kimberly Papermakers. They could not find a game for the longest time. They had set up a non-conference game with Milwaukee Marshall uh, fairly late in the process, but Marshall uh, was not able to uh, to fulfill that game, did not feel it was in their best interest to do so. Um, so they, uh, they, they, Kimberly not able to find a game, but three state champions went down. We'll start in Division Three. Monroe, Division Three state champ last year, went undefeated. They lost to Beaver Dam 25-20. to It was a home game for Monroe to open the season. Monroe had beaten Beaver Dam 39-0 last year, but Beaver Dam got a big game. From their senior running back, Gabe Klatt, he missed all of last year with an ACL injury, but he, he uh, opened 2023 showing that he's healthy, he's ready to put up some big numbers. 230 yards, two touchdowns on 28 carries. They really leaned on him to get the job done. Division 5, Aquinas had won the last two state championships, but this year, Purdy Sheen got them in week one, 16-12. They had met up last year. Uh, in fact, the last two years, when Aquinas had gone on to win the state championship, they beat Prairie du Chien in a non-conference game. But this time, Prairie du Chien wins 16-12. Maybe one of the biggest surprises of Week 1, not just because of the result, but because of the score. Regis was is the defending Division One, or excuse me, defending Division Seven state champions. But the Ramblers opened with a 26-0 shutout loss against Prescott. There were some other uh, games that were pretty impressive around the state. We'll look at Sussex-Hamilton. Last year, they got beat by Mogwanago in Week 1 pretty handily. They challenged themselves again, went on the road to Fond du Lac. New school, new field, uh, or excuse me, new field for uh, Fond du Lac. And they uh, could not get the job done. Fond du Lac couldn't on their, uh, their christening of their new field. Sussex-Hamilton won going away, 56-28. An impressive win for Sussex-Hamilton. Big-time offensive numbers. Hayden Cooper-Smith ran for 197 yards, three touchdowns. Tyler Hatcher threw for 304 yards, 100, uh, excuse me, 84 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So they put up big, big offensive numbers. Some interesting and, and maybe surprising results for a couple teams that have struggled recently. Janesville Parker, they made the playoffs last year for the first time uh, in quite some time. And they made a, a, a real impression in week one. They beat Burlington 35-7. Burlington expected to compete for the Southern Lakes title. They went to level three last year in Division Two, So a very nice win for Janesville Parker out of the gates. And how about Oshkosh West as well? They've struggled recently. Did not, uh, they won just one game last year, but they're already 1-0. New head coach Joey Ray gets his first career head coaching win. They rallied from a 9-0 fourth quarter deficit to beat Brookfield East 20-9. So that's a very impressive win for Oshkosh West to open the season. And uh, this was an interesting stat from our friend Chad Holmes at Bull Falls Radio, 
who covers uh, high school sports up in the Wausau area, Wausau East, Wausau West, and D.C. Everest. The three Wausau area public schools, the big public schools in, in the Wausau area, all won on the same weekend for the first time since 2007. Since 2007. That's incredible. Um, we know that, D, uh, excuse me, that Wausau East has especially had its uh, challenges over the last few years. We, we saw them have to cancel their season the last two years and actually went down and, and played uh, a little bit of eight-player football at times, despite an enrollment, you know, over 900, close to 1,000. Wausau East and Wausau West will consolidate in just a couple years, but an impressive win out of the gates for Wausau East. They beat Lakeland 23-7, to won their first 11-player football game since 2019. Uh, again, quite a journey for Wausau East, lots of struggles. They dropped out of the VFA, played an independent schedule for three years, didn't play much in the COVID year before shutting down, then canceled varsity for two years. So uh, good to see them get back on track and get things going in the right direction. We talked about some of the top individual performances a little bit. Um, Gabe Klatt had a big game. Gabe Walden, that game winner for, for Muskego. Uh, how about a couple first-year starters at quarterback making a real big impression right away. Drew Courts of Freedom threw for 430 yards and seven touchdowns in his first varsity start. He's just a junior. And another Drew, Drew Cavanaugh from Sun Prairie East threw for 352 yards and six touchdowns as Sun Prairie East beat Monona Grove in week one. So some impressive debuts for uh, for those guys. Other players that played well, Luke Beginski from West Salem. He had a big game uh, in that victory over on Alaska, threw for 131 yards, ran for 147 yards. Again, Tamarian Henderson also came up big in that one with two touchdowns. Grant Dean from Nina actually led the state in rushing in week one. Excuse me, in week one. They beat the Pier 49-37. He had 282 yards, five touchdowns, also an 88-yard touchdown on a kick return, and eight tackles for the Nina Rockets. Anders Staxton from Westby. A uh, little bit of everything as they put a running clock on my Richland Center Hornets on Friday night, 52-17, to 17, but uh, Staxton caught a 13-yard touchdown pass, threw a 25-yard touchdown, returned two kicks for touchdowns, had a pick six on defense, uh, just all over the place, and basically all, for the most part, came in uh, in three quarters. So some big performances at the individual level, for sure, in week number one. Some big performances by teams to get out of the gate. We were interested to see where things would land in the inaugural or in the uh, initial WSN football coaches poll of the season with some top teams in, in our preseason rankings going down, three defending state champions going down. Um, so got a, a couple surprises here and there. Not surprisingly, Kimberly on top of Division One, defending champion. Uh, they are defending champions in Division Two. Kettle Moraine on top of D2. We were interested to see in Division Three because, again, Monroe lost. Uh, in week one. Our preseason number one was on Alaska. They lost in week one to West Salem, but it was Notre Dame that gets the top spot in Division Three. West Salem is second. Pewaukee's third on Alaska is fourth. Division Four, defending champion Columbus, we project very, very likely to drop down to Division Five. So that left an open spot in D4. However, Catholic Memorial, the last uh, last year's runner-up and the team that's dominated this division the last few years, 
They lost in week one to Franklin. So what were the coaches going to do there? Well, it was almost unanimous in Division Four. Cath Memorial, the number one team in Division Four, despite that loss. But again, it came against Franklin, a highly ranked, outstanding Division One football program. D5, it is Columbus on top of D5, especially with that loss by Aquinas, the two-time defending state champions. Aquinas is fourth this week, Perdusheen is third. In Division Six, it's Stratford that sits on top of the first coaches poll of the year. They won it all in D6 last year. And what a uh, tangled mess it was in the voting in Division Seven, where I believe it was eight different teams received at least one first place vote by the coaches. Uh, you had defending champion Regis suffered a loss. Edgar, who would have been up there as well, suffered a loss. They lost to, um, who did they lose to? Mosini, maybe? Um, or no, Ellsworth, I'm sorry. They lost to Ellsworth. Uh, so, you know, who was it going to be? And it was very close. Uh, again, a lot of teams got consideration for that top spot. Cashton gets a narrow, narrow edge at the beginning of the year. Their scenic bluff rivals, Bangor, is second. Regis third, Edgar fourth. Cambria Friesland rounds out the top five in Division 7. Even though there have not been eight-player games yet, we did have the first coaches poll for eight-player come out this week. We'll talk a little bit more about eight-player in just a second, but defending state champion, two-time defending state champion, Newman Catholic, they are on top of the first eight-player rankings this week. And again, eight-player does get underway this week. Around the state, they only play eight games, so they start a week later. Um, in, in terms of big games, there's there's not really much. There's only one game that involves teams that uh, made the playoffs last year. That's Shell Lake taking on Northwood Solon Springs. Uh, Newman Catholic opens with Three Lakes Phelps, who did receive a few votes in the coaches' poll. They're not in the top ten, but they, they did receive some good support there. Um, not a lot of changes to eight-player this year. This was not a, a normal change window still there there were a, a few teams that have moved st mary catholic the very rare team that went from 11 player to eight player kind of rebuilt their program repositioned it and now this year via a fast track conference realignment to move into the trailways they're back to 11 player football uh, valley christian in osceola is a new varsity program for the first time they've Spent a couple years at the JV and junior high levels, and according to some of the coaches up in that area, have done pretty well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they are, they fare in the Lakeland West, but they're sponsoring varsity football at eight player for the first time. Montello, Princeton, and Green Lake used to be in a triop, um, no longer in, in 11 player football. They dropped out of 11 player, went to eight player. Montello will have its own eight player squad while Princeton and Green Lake will remain co-opt for eight-player, um, all playing as independents, though not eligible for the postseason. Also playing as independents and not eligible for the postseason are Wild Rose and Flambeau. They actually moved last year. Rib Lake Prentice canceled their 11-player varsity season. They're going to kind of dip their toes in eight-player. They've got a game this week against Port Edwards. And then uh, certainly of note in 11-player foot, or excuse me, in eight-player football, Last year, there was a little bit of confusion over uh, playoff eligibility for a couple of teams that had moved, again, outside of the normal uh, window. But uh, Owen Withy and Thorpe are top five teams in eight player. They were very, very good last year, and they are eligible for the postseason this year. 
So we'll be interesting to see how things shake out for those squads as they try to get uh, get into the postseason. Every Wednesday on Wisports.net, we will publish our eight-player football weekly spotlight that will include a look back on the previous week, some of the action and big performances, a look ahead at what's coming up on the schedule, what big games are out there, and we will select our star of the week in eight-player football. So all of that is uh, you can look forward to on Wednesdays. Let's chat a little bit about this week and, and talk, uh, first of all, about our Thursday night throwdown broadcast. We're very excited again to have that uh, underway. Week two, looking for another great game. Shaping up to be, uh, even with the heat, even with the, the challenges of playing on Thursday, where it's going to be a little warmer than it will be on Friday, we have Pewaukee, who's third in Division Three, traveling to Brookfield Central, who's fifth, in Division Two, Going to be a great game. The alma maters of the Watt brothers versus the alma mater of Joe Thomas and our good friend Ben Strickland um, and many others, of course. Uh, so a, a great game. Suburban schools in the Milwaukee area, very close by each other. Not in the same conference, though, but good to see them play a non-conference game. You can find that for free on the Wisports.net YouTube channel. Search with sports or WSN. We already have the uh, the video there. You can click on the notify me button to get notified when that stream goes live. We uh, start our pregame at 6.50. Game time, 7 o'clock. Dan Brunner, Bob Brainerd on the call once again. High level, full cam, uh, four camera production. We got loads of uh, compliments and, and uh, positive feedback from last year, uh, last week's broadcast, excuse me, uh, and looking forward to continuing that all season. Other games of note this week. Our quick trip in Wisconsin Dairy game of the week will be Prairie du Chien at Darlington. As mentioned, Prairie du Chien is coming off a big win over two-time defending state champion Aquinas. Darlington took down Platteville pretty convincingly last week. So this should be an excellent game in southwest Wisconsin. Elsewhere, Kokona will play against West Appear. Last year, these, these teams played an overtime thriller. Duke Schovald, Finley Doriot combined for more than 700 passing yards in that one last year. Hopefully we get something like that this season. Amherst is at Two Rivers, another very good matchup. Uh, Amherst was very impressive in week one. They beat Clintonville, had over 400 rushing yards. A couple really, really interesting matchups. Edgar and Stratford, perhaps the best Small school rivalry in the state of Wisconsin. One of the best rivalries in the state of Wisconsin. These teams met up for so many years as members of the Merrillwood Conference. Now, Stratford has moved to the CWC Large. But it's great to see this matchup continue. Great for fans of both programs. Edgar is coming off a loss in Week 1. It would have been interesting if they could have gotten by Ellsworth. I imagine... There's a good chance that uh, Edgar would have been number one, and Stratford was number one, is number one, so it could have been one versus one, but as it is, still a great, great game that we're very much looking forward to. Um, again, just one of the best small school games in the entire state. And then Sun Prairie East at McGuanago. Last year, this was uh, a fun game. If you were watching it, or if you're from Muskego, it was not so much of a fun game if you're from Sun Prairie East. But McGuanago won 55 to 45. Wyatt staying in that one. All-state running back for McGuanago had 
470 yards and six touchdowns on 36 carries. McGuanago had 530 yards on the ground as a team. So we'll see if Sun Prairie East has gotten that defense figured out. We, we're pretty sure they can score. They, they've been very good on offense, and Drew Cavanaugh done a nice job stepping in at quarterback with uh, Jerry Kaminsky's graduation. He's headed off to North Dakota. So we'll see if, uh, if McGuanago can take care of business in that one. Very good non-conference game. Wanakee, who's second in Division II, will play Notre Dame, who's first in Division III. We've also got some other rivalry games on the docket this week, some really good ones that uh, that have been played for a long, long time and are very well known for sure. The M&M game is this week, Marinette versus Menominee. They're separated by, uh, what, just uh, a couple miles, but also by the Menominee River and by a state line. But this uh, will be the 116th meeting in this M&M game series. Couple other neighboring communities. Menasha will play against Nina. Horicon will play against Mayville. Um, I can't remember what that one. If that has a name for that one, uh, the it has to, something with the marsh. I, I can't remember if it's like the battle for the marsh or the marsh trophy. Apologize. I, I should have uh, double checked before, and I'm sure somebody out there will let me know. But uh, Mayville and Horicon meet up. Fort Atkinson and Jefferson will meet up. This will be the 80th meeting between these two teams. And one game that does for sure have a trophy, one of the more famous trophies in rivalries in high school football in Wisconsin, the China Bowl game. Amro against Winnicani, the 75th meeting between these two teams. Winnicani leads the previous uh, matchups 40-33 to 33 with one tie. So 75th meeting of the China Bowl trophy, Amro and Winnicani. There's certainly a number of other very good games on the schedule. Hopefully you can get out and check things out. It will be very, very, very hot Thursday. There are some games that have been moved back. Their, their kickoff moved back. Try to get most of the game played uh, after the sun goes down. There are some games, though, that, that were not moved, that were not impacted. Uh, Friday looks better. Going to be a little bit cooler. Still certainly one that, that people will want to um, you know, make sure that they are hydrating and uh, there's still, uh, you know, the, the cramping possibilities. So people, players are going to want to take care of their bodies and make sure they're good to go for Friday night. But a little bit better, better weather on Friday. So uh, a big one coming up. Last week of non-conference play. And then next week we're into the conference season. Things just chug along so fast in the high school football season. We're only through week one, but... I mean, we're, we're one-ninth of the way through the regular season. We're over 10% done with the regular season. And after Friday, you know, we're over 20% done with the regular season. So things fly by. Uh, it's going to be a fun one, and we're looking forward to getting out and checking out some games. Again, the Wisconsin Quick Trip and Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week will be Prairie to Sheen at Darlington. Let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, with our look back at week one of the high school football season complete and our sneak peek of week two done, time to get to our interview portion of the WSN podcast for today. So looking forward to, uh, to getting that uh, conversation with Dr. Ken from B3 Sciences. 
We'll be back in just a few moments to wrap things up. All right, welcome back to the WSN podcast as we are gearing up for the start of the high school football season. As we do that, we want to make sure that everybody's staying healthy, that everybody is rejuvenated, that everybody is off to a good start in their season and stays healthy and looking good, feeling good throughout the year. And we're going to have a conversation now with our, our guest to talk a little bit about how he can help facilitate that process for players out there. Uh, Dr. Ken Otto from B3 Sciences, a BFR certified coach, joins us on the WSN podcast. Dr. Ken, appreciate you joining us for a few minutes here. I appreciate you having me, Travis. Thank you. Well, folks that listen to the WSN podcast regularly have heard uh, about B3 Sciences and the and the advantages of, of uh, BFR training. Um, but take us through what that means. What does that mean from a uh, a standpoint of a high school athlete? How can how can you and the BFR system and B3 Sciences really benefit high school athletes? Well, it's it's pretty well documented because um, we have it's coming down from the Olympics. Olympians are doing it. We got almost every professional uh, football locker room is using BFR. It's in many other sports. We got uh, uh, basketball players, hockey, soccer. They're all seeing the advantage of BFR training both in athletic performance as well as the piece that you just kind of teed up here in keeping people uh, healthy, re uh, recuperating after events and those kind of things. So um, it's only a matter of time before it trickles down at the high school age uh, athlete. It's going to be an advantage um, for people that get in early. Eventually, everyone's going to be doing it. Well, let's kind of break down what, what it means and what it is. B3 Sciences, tell us a little bit about B3 Sciences, the, the B3 bands, you know, from a from a company perspective, what is B3 Sciences? Um, the company perspective, BFR has actually been around for decades. It came over from Japan. Um, the Japanese have little kiosks where people can go do BFR training. They can rent these little things and they go out and, and exercise and bring them back kind of a thing. Um, it made its way into the, the Japanese Olympic team. Um, and the, the fellow in America, uh, Dr. Jim Strick Gunderson, um, was at the time on the U.S. Well, he was on the, the Olympic doping committee and was watching these Japanese athletes just they're doing things that have never done, been done before. And it was it was like, what's going on here? These people got to be doping. Um, so they did an investigation and found that these athletes were actually doing BFR training and you know, kind of touche, here, we'll show you what we're doing. And BFR stands for blood flow restriction training. So it's basically a way to easily and safely slow down oxygen to working muscles. And we can get into more of the physiology with that. But so the athletic advantage was that these kids, young Olympians could, you know, jump higher, they were faster, they were stronger. And more importantly, they could recover faster. Um, just because of the deeper level of fatigue that can be achieved through um, safely shifting the oxygen flow or changing the set point so people get a deeper level of fatigue um, in their muscles when they're working out. So the uh, how, how is that achieved? The, the B3 bands that are available and part of the BFA, uh, BFR process, um, yep. what, what do those do? How do they work? How do they apply on an athlete or on an athlete's body and, and yep. kind of from so, there, how, how does it go? So you put um, two bands up high on the arm and two bands high up on the leg. And it really doesn't matter what the sport is. This is where we're just using, because the, the 
the results are systemic, but we're going to just slow down um, the oxygen level to working muscles, the arms and legs. Okay. Um, why would that be important to slow down oxygen? Well, you and I can go walk forever. We're using a low level oxygen and we can do that for long periods of time. That's different now if you start running stadium stairs or you're going to go run hills. You're going to be using more oxygen and your body's going to work harder. And when you work harder, you're going to get your muscle into this burn or this, this level of feeling like you're, you're running out of oxygen. Well, physiologically, you switch over into fast twitch and it's in the burn where the magic happens, where we can get a deeper level of fatigue without a higher load. We're, we're using low low weights, body weight exercises, very light weights. Um, so we're not um, risking injury to especially young athletes. Um, we can decrease the amount of time needed for the workout so they can do more things with scheme and, and drill work and not having to worry about strength uh, training and conditioning. Um, so we pump a little air into those. We get them doing some, you know, we can do sports specific workouts, whether it's speed training for, you know, varieties of sports it could be you know basic uh it could be body weight squats lunges it can be push-ups it can be it can be a very broad and wide uh, uh range of different activities that this could be incorporated in but you're gonna you're gonna do some things that are gonna help kids get stronger faster and uh more resilient so um does that answer your question travis that's kind of a long convoluted answer <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are talking with Dr. Ken Otto, a BFR certified coach with B3 Sciences. We've mentioned it on the podcast many times. You've you've touched on it a little bit here with some of the different organizations, uh, professional teams that, that B3 Sciences works with. Could you just uh, remind everybody out there and kind of run down, you know, just the the, the depth of uh, of what B3 Sciences has done with some of these organizing uh, national bodies and teams that are out there um, at, at, at a very, very high level. Very high level. Um, I, one of my favorite things to share with people that reach out to me is um, Rick Burkholder, who's the head trader for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is not one to go endorse anything. And he gave us about a five or six minute clip uh, endorsing BFR for its, its safety, its ease of use, its effectiveness, and its versatility. Everybody remembers Patrick Mahomes when he injured himself and how he miraculously, you know, came back um, quite quickly and into a very high level of performance. And if you can read some of the clips that came out around that time uh, in the newspaper, they all but said they didn't use BFR, but they said, we have very high level uh, re recuperative uh, technology that we're using. Well, I'm telling you, it was BFR. And, and he will tell you that in this little interview. Um, but so, so for Olympic teams, I can't remember the name of the coach that's the U.S. Olympic lifting coach, but he was very skeptical, which most people are like, this sounds too good to be true. And um, regardless, he implemented this with his, his junior Olympic team um, using the BFR with their training. And suddenly these guys are setting new personal records. They've never been stronger just by implementing this technology of a deeper level of fatigue, more more recruitment within the muscle fiber, and people are getting stronger. It's where the magic happens in that burn. They're able to achieve it, and there's no other technology out there that really is able to get this um, this level of uh, access into a person's athleticism to get stronger, faster, and quicker. 
So it's something uh, that is utilized by national governing bodies, professional teams around the country, but it's also something that can be utilized very effectively at the local level, at the high school level. What are some of the things that you've been able to do locally? Uh, and, and by the way, we should mention that you're based in Appleton. Um, you know, what are what are some of the things that you've done and some of the results that you have seen on young athletes that have utilized the BFR process? I've got a college um, gal who fourth year at um, a Midwestern school was a, running a 600 indoor. Um, again, reluctantly, everybody's reluctant when they first start this. So that's nothing new to me, <laughs> but she's like, this sounds really awesome. I want to try it. Um, and we didn't interrupt any of her normal college training. Um, she just implemented this for two weeks, did some really simple things to get to a burn. Um, nothing crazy. In two weeks, she set a two second PR in her 600. Did them for another week. So a total of three weeks. And within two weekends, she set another PR, taking another two seconds off her uh, previous personal best on a 600. Um, she was ecstatic, obviously. And she'd done all the training things that the, her college school wanted there to do for, you know, strength training, all this. And there was four seconds extra for her in her event. And I mean, she was a scholarship athlete at Division One School of the Midwest. Um, locally, when I first started with this, I was, I, I myself, a little bit skeptical. And I took um, a bunch of high school boys, uh, boys and girls, athletes through 12 workouts in a month with BFR training. And none of the work, workouts were more than 15 minutes. All of them, you know, 10, 12 minutes, maybe 15. Um, and within 12 workouts, within a month, we added between one to three inches in vertical Everyone got quicker on a lateral shuffle timed lateral shuffle drill, and everyone increased their standing broad jump. Um, these results that the athletic advantage can happen so quickly when we get these kids into the burn safely, effectively. They're in there for a short time. They're out, and typically these kids are already working out, so they're they're not going to be sore. Um, the we're even using them for recovery after. Um, after an event, they'll put them on and just get a light little burn and help flush out some of the things that would be built up. Um, and we're seeing that at the high level pro and uh, Olympic level as well. I've got another gal who she's entering into her swimming season. And so she's been using them for a little longer and she is already um, posting times that would not normally be seen this early in the year. So she's super excited. She's one of these cusp athletes that, Probably is fast enough uh, last year to be like on the bottom end of a D1 swim scholarship level. It'll be interesting to follow her. I think she's going to have no problem uh, gaining some attention to potentially um, get a Division One scholarship because she's going to just be that much stronger and faster in the water. If people are interested in learning more about BFR and B3 sciences, learning more about Dr. Ken, um, or they would like to set up a consultation set up uh, uh, workouts or take the next step with with you and with BFR. What's that process like? Where can they go to get more information? Where they where can they go to schedule with you? Well, my I'm on the World Wide Web, um, Auto Chiropractic in Appleton. They can call the office. Um, my website for um, the B3 is drken.b3sciences.com. You can certainly look around there. There's all kinds of information. Um, I think once you get on my website, you can 
There's a link in there that you can request, hey, I want more information, and we can start a kind of a chat that way. Um, I'm happy to give you my cell number if you so if you would like me to, I can leave that with Travis if you'd like, or I can give it to you now. Awesome stuff. Well, anything that we haven't covered yet that uh, we want to make sure that we highlight before we uh, we before we wrap things up and uh, let you get back to uh, to getting folks ready and getting folks prepared for the upcoming sports seasons. Well, I just look forward to you know this opportunity. It's been it's been wonderful to, to see the changes with the athletes that we've worked with. Um, I'm open to to giving demos and to helping those the next crew that wants to to take a look at this. And I want to thank you specifically, Travis, for taking the time to um, get this great information out to the folks that are listening. Thank you so much. All right. Well, Dr. Ken, we appreciate you coming on the WSN podcast. Again, if you're looking for more information, you can check out drken.b3sciences.com. Find all kinds of great information on there. You can schedule uh, a chat or more information with Dr. Ken as well. Check out the BFR uh, process, B3 Sciences. Again, the website one more time before before we head out, drken.b3sciences.com. All right, big thank you to Dr. Ken from B3 Sciences for coming on to give us a little bit more uh, information about what they can do to improve performance and recovery for high school athletes. Again, week two of the high school football season is here. We're excited. We're uh, pumped to get back out to some games. Let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads one more time. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that will do it. Make sure you're hydrating, whether you're playing in a game, coaching in a game, or just out at a game as a spectator. Make sure you're getting that good hydration, taking care of electrolytes, all those good things to make sure everybody's safe, healthy, and happy at the game that you're at this week. That will do it for today, though. This has been a WSN podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.